Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, and today I'm joined by my standing co-host, Daniel Halverson with Bank of England Mortgage. Thanks for joining us again today, Dan. It's like I never left. It's like you never left. Hey, we're here at episode 91, <laughs> man. Great year. We were talking earlier. Bulls run during that time, 91, 92, 93. And hey, speaking of that, we're heading right into the lending update here on the 91st episode. And uh, we've got a couple things to talk about and uh, a lot, one particular topic that's going to take the bulk of this episode up, you were saying. But let's start with, hey, bring your own inventory. I thought this was funny when you were writing it earlier, but hey, man, tell us a lot of this. Bring in your own inventory to the market, a market that's, you know, typically limited right now. You've got an option that you're talking about. Hey, let's create some inventory. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the inventory shortage. Everybody that keeps up with real estate is, is obviously very aware. Um, but, you know, just a quick quick plug here. We obviously don't spend a lot of time plugging Bank of England uh, on the podcast here. But well, after 91 episodes, you deserve. Go right ahead. But it's a, you know, basically we have a, a one-time construction, uh, one-time closed construction loan program that um, we previously had available kind of took a hiatus during during COVID, some things that happened there, but but back in business with that and um, in a limited inventory market, we're, we get more and more questions about, well, can I build? What are my options to build? Yeah. And uh, it's something that a lot of lenders really don't participate in. Uh, a lot of a lot of lending channels don't have the the ability to offer this program. So, uh, but essentially, what it is is you know, somebody could could either buy on uh, or build on a lot that they already own, or they could go out and buy a lot and close on the construction loan at the same time. Right. And with the one-time closed construction program, you know, the, the really the big benefits are there's only one set of closing costs. So typically, typical construction loan programs are you close on the construction loan, then you close on a new loan when the home is done, so you pay two sets of closing costs, which that doesn't necessarily, it's not a huge deterrent for some people, but it does cut down on the cost associated with it. Uh, but the, even the, the, the bigger thing is, there's no requalifying. So yeah. As long as that home is done That's within 14 part. months, um, essentially there's no requalifying at the end of the loan. So obviously a lot of things can happen over the course of a year. So it puts a lot of buyers at ease to know that they qualify upfront on the construction loan, the home uh, construction begins, and then at the end of that, it's modified into a 30-year fixed rate loan. Yeah, it's a product you just don't see a lot of anymore. It's great to see it come back to the market. Great to see that you guys are offering. I'm thrilled about it. And, uh, you know, these aren't things that just people are going to be lining up around the, the block to do, but it's an availability when someone wants to do it. And depending on the market you're in, you know, lot premiums and just finding land in general seems to be the challenge. But when you do find it, there is an option available. And it, it fills a void for the people that can qualify without selling yeah. that um, now they don't have to deal with uh, you may maybe with a contingency um, or you know the the song and dance of well when am I going to find something so it just gives a little bit more flexibility to those people and um, you know like I said bring your own inventory it's a market where there's not a lot of available existing home sales happening so maybe it's an opportunity where if you've been looking for a home for a while and you you can't find what you want this could be something to explore and with being able to close on the lot and the construction line at the same time. Maybe you can find a, a property now that even if it's got a home on it, obviously you can knock that home down and build. So something, something like I said, worth worth plugging here. And, and hopefully it's something that maybe will help a certain subset of buyers that are unable to find something that, that fits the bill for them. Yeah, I like it. Great product. Glad to see it come back. So, hey, we talked a little bit last time we were on here, Hometown Heroes running its course, almost done. The 28th of August came past. They did shut down the funds. They ran out. But as we talked about, Chip White kind of tipped our ear a little bit and said, hey, listen, every Tuesday we're going to be bringing back some availability. And we just saw that happen as of today. We're recording this Tuesday. First rounds came back. Yeah, recording this on September 5th. So by the time this gets dropped, we'll be 
probably just that, about be a, yeah. oh, the 11th. Yeah, we'll, like we'll, we'll, the 11th. we'll be we'll be coming up on the the next round of this. But essentially, this morning they dropped about three and a half million more of funding into this program. Big win, and it's already gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here today, gone tomorrow. You know, so that's probably frustrating if you're a real estate agent listening to this, thinking, "Well, how's my buyer going to capitalize?" But, but it's every Tuesday they reevaluate. Well, and what will happen is there will be less every Tuesday until Fair it's enough. gone. So yeah. we don't know. Next, maybe next week is two million. Maybe next week is three million. Maybe next week is five hundred thousand. Right. So we don't really know that. But I think that the the reason I put this in here is the big takeaway is the lenders that only wanted to participate in Hometown Heroes. Um, Probably not going to be able to help buyers take advantage of this because the money ran out, they stopped talking about the program, told those people it's over, and now those funds came up, those buyers can't take advantage. The lenders that frequently participate in these programs said, hey, these are the other options that you can get pre-approved for. The buyer goes under contract, uh, last week, which this is a real scenario that happened in our office, buyer went under contract on a Thursday. We said, and this was one of the people that does not qualify for another down payment assistance program. Okay. So it was hometown heroes or bust that now they had availability of their own funds for down payment. But the conversation was, well, it's Thursday. You got five days to make a loan application, which is Tuesday. So here's what it would look like if you didn't utilize those funds. But let's see on Tuesday what our options are. Lo and behold, Funds come available. They take advantage. It you know you could reserve funds at 10 a.m. We're on the phone with them at 9:30. They're ready to move forward. They get to take advantage of it. Yeah. But you could also see a situation where somebody was pre-approved. Maybe they had to switch to another product and they went under contract. Somebody goes under contract. Let's say latter part of this week, and maybe they're they're looking at one of the other programs. But then they happen to find a property. Tuesday rolls around. Hometown Hero funding is available. So. I think it just goes to show that the lenders that are able to pivot and know the products well enough to say, well, there are other programs, so let's not put this whole thing off until Hometown Heroes comes back. Some of those people are going to get to take advantage of these these funds here. Right. So as opposed to the lenders that just said, shut it down, you can't really go from, I mean, if, if, if I called you today and said, Hey Q, uh, Hometown Heroes funding is back. Go find a house. Well, you got three hours. <laughs> not not, not going <laughs> to ha- work. Not going to happen, right? But if you were still actively looking, knowing that you had an alternative, and you had the possibility of some upside with this, then those people are able to take advantage of this over the course of hopefully the next few weeks. So I say all that to say, if you are a buyer or if you're a real estate agent, know that this is around. Maybe you shouldn't, as a buyer, completely stop your home search because. You can't get these funds. There's possibly still an opportunity. Yeah, and it's maybe just align yourself with the people that know these programs very well. And that's the one thing I've always admired about the group over there at Bank of Eagle Mortgage. You guys are involved in every single program and lead the actual state based on that location, doing more of these loans than anyone else. So you know the programs in and out. There's more than one option. And I like how you kind of described that. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, 
maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. But I think the bigger question here and any lending update that we've done, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on rates, but I, I think, you know, the ideology that the 5% is the new 3%, you know, and when we look at how many Americans are locked in on that lock-in effect, we know that 89% of the mortgages in the United States have a 5% or below handle on their mortgage. And, you know, it's interesting because when we look at that trend line, I don't know how many times I've heard this or seen on social media that, you know, if you look from 1971 forward, it's 7.74 is the historical interest rate, the average interest rate. But the reality is a lot of buyers in today's world, they don't even believe what happened in the 70s. As far as the late 70s at 18%, they're like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe that. I mean, it, by just, even if you showed them the note, I'm not sure there'd be a if this and that. And the argument usually is, well, that that home only costs 60000 at 18%. You know, the home today is 400000 at 7%. It's a big difference. The payments are still much higher on that, that 400000 So, like, I really don't really want to hear about your 18% in the 70s. Well, now, I think the argument to that is this. If you took the trend line from 2000, just 2000 forward, get rid of the, you know, 1999 in the past, 2004, it's 5.05. And I think that's the bigger issue here, which is why we say five's a new three. When you have 23 years of home buying experience with a five handle on it, that's where we have the lock-in effect. That's what we're having the issue right now. And I think as you you, know, you talk about in here, that's going to be the issue when we get to five. What does that look like? When those rates get down to five over the course of the next 12, 24 months, when they get down there, what does that look like? Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think that the average is 7.74 and it, the average takes into account all of the data. So you can't just take out the 1970s because right. we don't like those numbers, right? Um, but if you look at the last 20 years, which is more relevant for what's in somebody fresh in somebody's mind, that you know that number is five point oh five percent. I just thought it was ironic when when you drew that trend line, you shared that with me, and then saw the Zillow study that said homeowners with an interest rate above five percent are nearly twice as likely to sell their home than people that have a rate below five percent. I mean, that makes sense. So that doesn't mean the people below five wouldn't. It just means that they're much less likely to do that. Uh, but I think it gives you more more than anything. I can't think it kind of gives you a barometer of where rates would need to be to see transactions accelerate tremendously. Yeah. So if rates came down from where they're at right now, down a percent, so a, a Black Knight study that said 5 million more people would be able to qualify to purchase the median price home. Yeah. So That's 1%, a 1% drop in interest rates. So that doesn't necessarily mean that if rates drop from seven to six, that these people that own a home already are going to sell. Now, some of them probably will, right? Mm -hmm. But it just kind of tells you, I think for me, the way that I took this when I read the Zillow um, article and then I saw that that trend line, if the rate starts with a five, I think you start to get a lot of activity from people. Mm -hmm. I think if that rate was five and a half, people would, would, would be interested. If that rate was five, seven, five, still interested. I think the fact that it starts with a seven right now uh, is, is a big deterrent for people. I think if it starts with a six, still going to be a deterrent for some people. Yeah. And it's funny, we've, we've had some customers of recent that um, we have a conversation, hey, this is where I want my payments. This is the price I'm looking in without talking about interest rate. 
Um, we give them that information, the payments within their goal, and then you tell them the interest rate, and all of a sudden, it's too the interest rate's too high. <laughs> so. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was gonna I was gonna lead into this with, and I'm glad you did it because you've told me this. You're like, hey, Q, if I didn't have to like legally disclose the interest rate, there'd be people moving in and out of homes quite a bit because they're happy with the payment; it meets their goals. But the minute they hear that rate, that shock sets in. Like, oh, right. that's too much. It suddenly becomes. Uh, more expensive <laughs> yeah. than it was before. Was you know, thir- thir- thirty years of payments at twenty five hundred dollars right. is the same, regardless of what you think the interest rate is. That <laughs> that, that number will be the same. But uh, but but I thought the big takeaway there is I think that the fives you'll start to see the inventory picture improve. And the, but the other component is hey the longer that this goes on, there's still four million people in the U S. that are going to transact this year by buying and selling houses. Mm-hmm. So the longer that rates stay elevated. The higher percentage of rates above five percent, right? Or higher, higher the the percentage of rates above six or seven. So the longer this goes on, naturally, you're going to have more people that will transact as rates come down. But I think that if you start to see rates in the fives, now that doesn't necessarily equate to this significant increase in in inventory for buyers to to choose from. I think what will happen is people will be swapping homes, and and that will really just accelerate. Um, how quickly homes are going, it will accelerate home prices. Um, Almost like a musical chair. Exactly. People basically swapping houses at that point. But the the takeaway is, hey, better days are ahead for rates. We know that. It'll just be an interesting thing to see. Does six and a quarter move people? When we saw in the spring and and early summer months that, you know, the low sixes were something that got people to move, right? So if if we get rates inside of six into the fives, I mean, if rates came all the way down to 5%, I think, housing market probably goes bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and we're we're probably a little ways away from 5% on the dot, but interesting thing to keep an eye on. And I thought it was just ironic timing that we, you drew that trend line. And then I saw that Zillow study and thought, well, maybe they drew the same trend line. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Maybe that's what we should be saying, right? But I'll say this, you know, and and I think this is interesting because, you know, when I look at the, the rate situation and I look at all the people going, the yeah, buts, the yeah, buts, being, yeah, but it's not there yet. Yeah, but it's too high. You know, what's interesting is that there are still quite a bit of homes moving at this rate. And NAR released a stat that said 2023 is going to be the fifth best volume year on history for real estate. Now, obviously, we know units are not there, but volume year showing that the price per home is still going up across the nation and the fifth best volume year. The challenge that real estate agents have right now is there's too many real estate agents in there. There's over a million real estate agents nationwide. The other challenge for lenders there's too many damn lenders. There's too many. We need you need as many lenders to get out percentage wise as the amount of unit transactions have come down. Otherwise, it's the math doesn't work. Same thing for real estate agents. It just doesn't work, and that's the, that's where we're at right now. It's feast or famine in that industry for both sides of the table. There, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a loan officer or a real estate agent right now, the good news is you can make the same amount of money doing less business. Uh, as long as you're not obviously cutting commissions or um, making significant rate concessions, which a lot of people are cutting commissions and making significant rate, rate concessions <laughs> right now. But uh, but like you said, the, the other component of that is there's there's a large number of p- 
people vying for the same number of transactions. So it's very feast or famine for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, I know this is a long lending update. We may even break it up into two parts here, but if you like what you're hearing, please five-star review this podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues, with your family members. Check us out on Apple. Love to hear the, uh, love to see the comments you put on there on Spotify, Google, and Amazon. And then like we mentioned earlier on our YouTube channel and our socials at What's Your One More with the number one at What's Your One More with the number one. Dan, as always, thanks for being on the show. Daniel Halverson, Bank of Inga Mortgage. How can we find out more about you and your team over there at Bank of Inga Mortgage? You can uh, check us out online, boejax.com, or give us a call at 904-992-1000. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, give them a call. They got the one-time CTP loan that's back, Hometown Heroes Funds every Tuesday. Check it out. They're on top of everything. I hear nothing but great things about the team over there at Bank of Inga. Dan, thanks again for being on the show. Till next time, we'll catch you guys at What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it One more chance, I'm gonna take it I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah